Hi, I'm Bill Murray. I'm tired right now, but I still have the strength, the energy, and the commitment to listen to Glory Days of Gold. And it's helping. It, it, it's helping. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Gordon Henderson. And I'm Gary Lineker. Now, we tried to get him on the show, but he's otherwise preoccupied. But we do have another man of the moment that everyone's talking about that's going to be coming up on the show this evening. Before we get into any of the football chat, though, let's just hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. We are Mays Mortgages. We're Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Just send us a message via Facebook to find out more. So thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club, Mays Mortgages for their continued support of the podcast, their continued support of East Fife. They support us. Go and support them. So, yep, guys, we're back to chat about uh, another East 5 win. And we thought, who better to get on the show to talk about it than Jack Healy? But Jack wasn't available. So we've got the next best thing. Welcome back to the show. East 5 manager, Greg McDonald. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Very good. I've got lots of fun questions to ask you about things that to do with football because I know how much you love those. Great, yeah. Good more biscuit chat. Yeah. I've got a better answer this time, I think. I, I've just had a chocolate digestive and an egg and haggis roll, so I'm all set to go. Because the clocks went forward here yesterday, which has completely thrown me for a loop as to what time it was over there. But we've all come on at the same time, so that's a, a good thing. But yeah, I, Greg, I mean, first of all, thank you for joining us again. I mean, obviously... You could have joined us when the results weren't going well, but things are going well now, so you thought you'd come back on the show. 
Yeah, I, I, well, I, yeah, I actually agreed with Lee this last week. So just to say, I don't just come on after a victory. Right? I did agree this last week, obviously before the before the Steady game. So uh, it's just trying to find the, the the time as well, and it's not really football time, Michael. It's more to do with the fact that you know I've got a wife and two kids, uh, and so a Sunday is like kind of family day really, and uh, I tend to get the girls thrown at me. So um, yeah, that that tends to be my be my Sunday. But thankfully they're both asleep now, so I can chat football. That's that's good. That makes me feel like shit for saying that now. But there we go. Good, <laughs> Michael. No, we we don't have anything planned per se for this. We we've got some questions in from the listeners. We'll just kind of jump in. Sure. I know usually yeah. when we do our chats, we kind of go in a kind of structured order, but but we won't. I'll I'll just start off with the first one, then Lee can jump in after that. But how how have you seen from your point of view, Greg, twenty twenty three going? It was a it's been an interesting start to the year. There's been ups, there's been downs. The team just now, though, seems full of confidence and flying. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was a busy period for us through January. Um, and, you know, busy is in terms of, you know, I know that when you get to the January window, Michael, everybody expects that you're going to have 10 new faces arriving, including three 20 goal strikers. And there's that, you know, whole pressure of of trying to bring in people and trying to get, you know, people to, to kind of support the squad and help the guys that are already there. And then you've obviously got the games as well. But we actually got off to a really good start in January where, you know, I went up at Elgin and then I think it was a point against Stirling the week after. And then we had a wee wobble for a couple of weeks. You know, I think there was, you know, there was one one of the performances not very good. The other one we were a bit unlucky. And I think just coinciding with other results, I think a few people maybe got a little bit nervous uh, in, in January at times. But I think it was just a, a question for me of keeping focused on on where we were going and what we were trying to get to, um, and getting the players in and and you know and really just trying to trying to focus on whatever the, the next game was that we get a win and get that confidence. And I just felt we were just short of a wee bit of confidence, um, but you know we've managed to kind of pick up some results through February and March uh, so far, and and I think you see the confidence now in the players, and they're starting to to kind of they're starting to show that they look like they're enjoying their football. So I think 2023's got off to a fairly good start. I think if you look at I don't know was it ten games or something, and maybe maybe three defeats in that, uh, or I think it's something something around uh, like that. So I think you know it's looking positive. The young lads are showing that they're learning week to week. Um, and I think if you look at Saturday, we had seven players at kind of 20 or under and the starting 11. So we've still got a really young team there, but it's, you know, obviously augmented by some experience. I think we've now got a really strong bench, which makes mine, Paul, Aggie and Lindsay's job a lot easier. So I'm I'm just, I'm really excited with that. I mean, you know, as it stands just now, you know, there's not much between, you know, between third and, and 10th. So, you know, I'm obviously doing the podcast and we could end up finishing 10th or we could end up finishing, you know, uh, in the playoffs and, and that type of thing and, and so you know it's difficult to kind of say you know exactly where we're going to end up or anything like that but I do feel really positive and I think we've got some really talented young guys and we're playing some good stuff and and you know uh, on Saturday it was great you know some of the supporters staying behind to, to kind of clap us as well I feel like everybody's pushing in the same direction now um, and, and that's great you know and, and let's just go and keep rolling the dice we'll keep trying week to week and, and see where we end up and hopefully you know we've got a wee chance that you know obviously the playoffs and we've just got to keep pushing and as if things couldn't get better for you this year Lee's internet seems to have crapped out and he's disappeared from the recording so it's even better maybe get some well I'll get some decent questions for you and Gordon then we'll cut Lee out so yeah uh, perfect but well I'm sure he'll come back at some point so when when things were going tough in that little bad spell I as a manager, do you read the chatter online 
do you do you stay off all that stuff do you have to stay off of that stuff I do stay off of that. I think it's probably something I've learned from my time in Stirling. I mean, I was kind of on Twitter and that, but I'm not a massive social media user, Michael. I don't have Facebook or anything like that. Um, and so, you know, and I, I, I am on Twitter, but I tend to I tend to stay off it um, since I've got the job. And that's not through, you know, I'm, I, I can accept criticism and, and things. It's more to do with, you know, subconsciously, if, you know, you've seen something that might affect, I've got to make decisions. I've got to make decisions every single day in relation to East Fife, you know, and, and what are we doing in, what are we doing in training? What tactics are we going to use? Who's going to play? Who's going to be left out? Who are we signing? You know what time do we want the bus to leave at a, you know on a Saturday or whatever it is? You know I've got to make decisions every day, and I think it's easier to do that. And it's on me if it's just if it's, you know if I'm just doing that with my staff without any kind of outside influences. So it's more a kind of conscious decision for me just to stay away from all that. And then you know what if it goes pear shaped and I get sacked, I've got nobody else to blame, Michael, other than myself. And and you know and, uh, and and we we just go from there. So I try to stay away from some of that. It's hard. I think when you're the manager, I think everybody wants to tell you something, and everybody wants to ask you a question, and and you know, and have five minutes or give you their tuppence worth. So you know, I kind of get the general gist sometimes of what you know what people are thinking and uh, and that type of thing. So I'm not completely uh, immune to it, but uh, yeah, I, I try to I try to kind of stay away from that and just stay focused on what the you know what the next decision is or what the next kind of obstacle is. And that's a good thing about football. You know, every Saturday you get a chance to go again. So. Yeah. When you were going through that tough spell, I mean, it, it's kind of, it feels so long ago just because things have been actually going fairly well for the last kind of little bit. But <laughs> there, there was that couple of weeks where things were going maybe off the rails. From afar looking in, I, I, I would use that term. I know you probably wouldn't use that term. But because you, you touched on how tight it is between third and 10th, and there's a lot can still happen in this final quarter of the season. Sorry. I think the results we've got probably means we're not looking over our shoulder now. But at any stage, maybe this year, even last year, were you starting to question yourself as to, am I doing this right? Uh, uh, do I need to change things? Am I the right person for this? I've never questioned whether I'm the right person for it or anything like that, Michael. No, I think... The way that my brain works is is I'm always thinking kind of what's what's ahead of us. So even if we were sitting in tenth, I'd be looking at who was ninth, you know, to try and get there. And it's the same with where we are just now. I'm thinking about how do we try and get to third. Um and that's just the way my brain works. And the way to get to try and get to third is to win the next game. And who's that? Okay, it's Bonnie Rig and my focus will entirely be I don't work on a Monday now. Uh, I spend that that day basically doing football prep for the week and um, and so I, you know, I'll be entirely focused on what we can do and how do we prepare for for Bonnie Rig. But no, I mean, I think when you look at it, you say there was maybe a wee bad spell. It was two weeks, you know, where we. Was how it was. It, it actually it, felt longer. <laughs> it probably did feel longer, but it was a couple of weeks where we dropped to seventh, and I think we were five clear of Bonnie Rig, and we lost a couple of games, you know. And it's not it's not unheard of for teams to lose a couple of games in League Two. It's so tight this year, and anybody can beat anybody. I think we've shown that. And I think the league's shown that all the way through, and we've got no, we've got no kind of God-given right to win games just because we were, you know, we were a League One team last year, or you know, because of two, three years ago we were sitting in mid-table in League One. It doesn't give us the right to win mm. games. So, you know, and if you don't do the right, if you don't do the basics well, then you're going to lose games of football. And for a couple of weeks, we didn't. Uh, I, December, we had a bit of a wobble in December as I well. I think that's I what I think. I'm thinking of last year. Yeah, uh, I think is December was December. I was. Obviously, I was disappointed with that, but at the same time, I kind of knew where it was coming from. Um, I just didn't feel like we had the strength 
uh, in depth necessarily. We had a few injuries and it, and I think maybe a bit of fatigue or a bit, and I think the competition for places that we brought in in January certainly helped. It's given the guys that were there before a boost because you know they, they don't know they're going to be playing every week because of that. And I think maybe going into the tail end of the year, I don't think we had that. And I think maybe maybe too many of the players were maybe a bit uh, were comfortable. Um, you know they did end up earning the right to play, uh, but at the same time, you know I think it's always good to have that kind of competitive, that healthy competition. And I think that's what's given us a wee boost as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, December, yeah, a few bad results in December and I say a couple in January. So it probably made that period feel a little bit worse. But as I say, we had we tried to move quickly. We did a lot of business in January, Michael. It doesn't feel like it, mm. um, probably. But I think, to, you know, to sign five or six players in January, there's not been many teams in League Two that have done that this year. And, and you I moved mean, players you know, on we, as well, which yeah, I, and you kind of had to do. Yeah. Definitely, and because we started kind of early in that process, you know, I think Rabin was maybe the first one in. Um, that was kind of more towards the end of the caretaker spell. Um, and then Big Aiden, we got in early doors, but then we didn't add Connor Young until the last day of the window. And that's just how tough it was and through that whole period trying to do recruitment. So it probably felt like it was longer, but you know, I don't think maybe I don't think there's many of our rivals who have brought who managed to bring in that many. And there was some some guys that left us, whether that be a loan to, to get more experience or whether that be, you know, back to a parent club or, or left um, you know, or, or left the club entirely. Um, you know, we we just felt like it needed to be freshened up and just as I say, give us that competition. And I think we're starting to see the benefits of that now. Lee has rejoined us. I won't hog the questions. He's still getting everything set up. I, I want to ask you just one more just now, just Greg, just to kick things off. You're a part-time manager. Mm-hmm. You spoke about how Mondays is your day now that, that you're freeing things up to concentrate on this. How many hours a week would you say you're putting in as manager of East Fife? Yeah. I need to be careful my wife doesn't watch this as well. So, um, <laughs> um, no, I think, listen, when I, I think I'm I'm big about taking my learnings from things as well, Michael. And I think when I was on the podcast before, I talked to you guys about I nearly killed myself at Stirling. Yeah. Trying to do a job nine to five, you know, and, you know, doing training on a Tuesday, getting the red eye to London on a Wednesday, coming back, landing at, th- you know, five o'clock at Glasgow Airport on a Thursday, breaking my neck to get to training. And, it just it wasn't it wasn't doable, and so I actually didn't work on Monday for a little while, just through childcare reasons for my youngest. Um, and then when she went to school, it was a question of okay, I was about to start working on the Monday, but actually it gave me some time to kind of do some of the football stuff and uh, and to be honest, play a bit of golf as well. Um, that's now stopped. I haven't really played since I came back to East Fife. Um, and now I use Mondays for you know to to do the prep. So I think you know my my working week is is. Kind of, I try and work East Fife around. Obviously, I've got a day job, um, you know, during the day, uh, and I've, as I say, I've got a wife and two kids. But Mondays uh, tend to be my day for um, sitting down and looking at. First of all, I look at our game uh, that we had at the weekend. Uh, I watch that. I try to watch one or two games of the opposition. Um, as well, the ones that we've got coming up. Um, and then um, I do more work on that later on in the week in terms of set pieces and looking at what what they do. But ahead of Tuesday for training, uh, Tuesdays for part-time teams tend to be kind of bigger distances, you know, more of a fitness-based session. But I like to have an idea going into that, how the opposition play, and we just like to drip feed that into the players as well. So, you know, whether it's Bonnie Rig and we're talking about them playing a 3-5-2, you know what the what the pitch is like. What you know, uh, how they've been getting on. What you know, what kind of what kind of patterns of play they maybe use. And so Paul and Aggie do the same as well. Lindsay, we we watch the opposition, and then that way we know we're prepared for that. Thursday is a bit more of a technical session. We get the tempo high with them. 
Uh, and then we maybe go into more specifics in, in terms of how we are going to play like tactically, what we want to do to hurt them uh, as well. So we try and, I try and do that at the start of the week. So I'm clear in my head of, okay, this is how we're going to play. Um, and then it's the, I don't pick a team at the start of the week because invariably whenever you do that as a manager, somebody gets hurt at training. So we don't pick the team till kind of after Thursday night's training. Uh, so Monday, yeah, as I say, I watch that. And if I've not been to the 20s game on the Friday, I try and watch the under-20s game as well. Um, so, yeah, I spend a lot of Monday just sitting in front of my laptop uh, and things. But, it, you know, it, it's, it's valuable because then that takes that time pressure off me during the week. And a lot of it then is just me thinking about things kind of afterwards. You're obviously on the phone an awful lot to, you know, to Paul and Aggie and Lindsay just chatting things through. But I tend to do that when I'm in the car as well. So I found that that's a really good way of doing things and managing my time really that way. So um, and then, as I say, we've got training Tuesday night. Um, yeah, Wednesday I do mostly is the, the time for kind of set pieces and I like to look at the opposition and see what they've done do they have any trick corners or things which to be honest yeah we got caught out a little bit yesterday we won against mm. Denny so I'm not happy about that but you know we try and we, we try and do that part Thursday you're starting to get to the point of you know having an idea roughly about what formation you want to play and, and, and as I say you know team wise uh, and then you know I want to see who basically who, who does well in training. Um, and then I sit down with Paul and Aggie after training on a Thursday. We have a wee chat about things. Maybe have a wee sleep in it. We chat again on a Friday. And then the Friday's the day where I do the kind of write write up our basically our set pieces, our team sheet, get everything kind of prepped. And then obviously you're waiting just to make sure you don't get a phone call on Saturday morning about somebody being ill or whatever. And then we get to the get to the stadium early on a Saturday, um, and just kind of get everything prepped for the players so they know what their you know what their jobs are. Um, you know, and, that, and that's the kind of pattern that we're in, really. So it does take up, it takes up basically all of my Monday. Um, and there is a, you know, a, a lot of phone calls and things that happen. But, um, and, and, you know, I think especially during things like the, you know, the window, you know, you're constantly on the phone, you know, just trying to phone, phone other teams, phone managers, phone players, you know, and, and do that kind of, do that digging. So there is a lot of phone calls. So I think, you know, there are some times, like, for example, since the window shut, you would think that that would just be us, you know, that, you know, we'd be a bit quieter. Um, but already we're starting to look at, okay, starting to think about things for next year next year as well. Now, whilst that doesn't have the time pressure on it so much, and there's still a lot of stuff up in the air, obviously, you know, that's that that's starting to become a focus. But at the same time, the primary focus is Bonnie Rick, um, and, and that's where that's where I, I look. So that's that's kind of roughly how my, my week goes. Wow, I mean that's busy. I mean Lee, you're a man as well that spends a lot of your Monday in front of a laptop, but that's for for different reasons. You your internet back working again? Your computer not died? You are muted. You you haven't learned how to unmute yourself. Considering I spend Monday to Friday on calls on Teams, you'd think I would actually learn to unmute myself. But to answer your initial question, the the Monday in front of the laptop issues, which you referenced there, is probably what's causing my laptop and broadband issues just now, which caused me to miss the, the first part of the interview. So I'll probably apologise to our guest in case there's any of the questions I missed, because I'll be honest with you, I missed the majority of it, apart from how your week went. So We were just um, talking about how terrible you were, so it's okay. That's fine. I mean, I could understand why that's taken so long. <laughs> so I think that there's a few questions that, that I had down, and it was... And as ones that I probably had for a while, obviously waiting to try and, and speak to to Greg. But I think you answered one of them in, in terms of that was how um, you sort of dealt with that that run of form and the 
the sort of one win in ten games scenario between the end of last year, start of this year. But I think you've answered that already. But I, I kind of wanted to talk about your recruitment because I actually think that that's flown under the radar, the radar um, yeah. of of how how well that's actually been and 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 what stability it's brought. So. I think Aidan Quinn, um, you've got Aidan Denham, Scott Agnew, Johnny Page, Connor Young and Rabbi Nomar all came in. But also, um, we've had a few players leave, which I wanted to ask you about. But, I mean, I think that there's a mix there because I, th- I think Liam asked you the question about Johnny Page, which kind of goes on to the one that I was going to ask you about. I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic in the last couple of weeks. Um, Aidan Quinn, who I've spoken to you about, obviously, as well, but you know, Aiden was one that you'd said to me when we chatted before that you'd, you'd identified in the summer and were really keen to get in. So how how did that not happen at the start of the, the first window and, and how did you convince them to come in the second time around? Yeah, I mean, so I can go through I can go through them all if you want. I mean, so Aiden Aiden was somebody I, I've got I've liked when I've seen him play from in throws, you know, he's he's very comfortable in the ball as you've seen, and he's clearly a, a big lad when he's got the, the physicality. And that's something we've lacked, right? I mean, you could see that at the start of the season. I think right from when Bonnie Rigg kind of bodied us 3-0 at the start of the season, we knew we were potentially lightweight. And it's not through anything other than, you know, just you know, some guys being slightly young and just not having the. It's very. It's difficult, you know, to get the. to get those players. Uh, but you know, I, we did kind of like him at the start of the season. But it was, you know, it was something that Montrose weren't weren't keen to do because they saw him as part of their team. Um, and then I think in, I went to back to Ross and, uh, and and Stuart and you know and, and asked about you know the chance to get him on on loan. They really like him. Uh, Montrose, um, but he, they were moving. They were changing formation actually to play a three at the back. Uh, and they wanted to have two, you know, two kind of fullbacks in, and so I think Aidan was going to find himself on the, you know, either on the bench or, or just kind of sitting there. And the Montrose know that that's not the best thing for his development as well, because they see him as a kind of, you know, something they can build a team around moving forward. Uh, and so, yeah, I asked the question if you know if playing, you know, playing with us would would, would help. Uh, Aidan's a local lad as well; he's from Dunfermline, so you know, I think he he was keen there there as well. He knows a few of our lads. Uh, and thankfully, Ross and Stuart were, you know, they, they could see that in terms of the bigger picture for themselves. A little bit like what we've done with kind of guys like Mikey Cunningham and Lucas Williamson. It's it, they're better to be they're better to be playing week in week out rather than sitting on a bench. Um, and and so that's how we managed to get Aiden, and he's been he's been terrific since he came in. Uh, he might be available for Saturday, if not definitely the week after that. He's got a strain in his medial ligament in his knee, and that just happened through a tackle, and that can happen. But he's uh, he's working hard, and hopefully he'll be back soon. Cool. I mean, yeah. I think probably one of the big ones to ask you about is Aggie, because obviously we've, I think we've kind of touched on on Aggie anyway. But I've actually got a couple of questions because I mean, a, a lot of us were expecting Aggie to play, yeah, um, when we signed him. Is is that not going to be the case? Um, is is he just more there of a just in case, and actually there more as a coach, or how how do you see Aggie fit in? So, I think. See if you if you look back, like you know, I kind of what I try and do is take a wee step back, and when we were coming, you know, even even before December, we were sitting down, and I think we covered it probably last time I was on the podcast as well. If you were to look at our squad, what you would have said is we're a bit lightweight, 
So we lack a bit of physicality, we lack experience, and we probably lack a bit of balance as well. You know, I think we had two right backs, not a national, uh, a natural left back, and probably not any, anybody really to play on the the kind of right the right wing. Um, and probably we could do. We were probably one striker short as well, um, to to give us more options up there. And I think objectively, we sit down and I could see that. You know, I'm like I'm. I think sometimes supporters think that, you know managers have their blinkers on, but I can see that too. But getting them in is a different matter. Whether you can or not, whether you can afford them, whether they're available is is really hard. Um, and it took a lot. Of, it took a lot of work to get these guys in. But I felt that Aggie. We'd come in, not just from a, an experienced perspective, obviously a really experienced player. He's been an assistant manager at both Wraith Rovers and, and Airdrie. So I felt like, you know, that that kind of more ex that experienced voice would be good. But at the same time as well, you know, if we were in a tough spot and maybe some of the younger lads aren't doing, aren't doing, you know, or maybe are struggling a little bit, you know, who better to turn to than somebody that's been there and done that and can put his foot on the ball and keep it. Um, and that was why you know Aggie's brought in. So it's it's not a kind of it, it just in case it's a, he's there when needed. Uh, and th but thankfully you know the form has went up and the guys that are in, the, in those positions are playing well just now. And Aggie's quite happy to to then you know to fulfil his role as a coach. It's something he wants to do. You know, um, and it came up through. I, I knew what I was looking for. I wanted an experienced kind of player coach. Um, and you know, I, 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 I like I got in touch with Aggie, met him for a coffee, sat down, and just basically talked him through what I was looking for. He talked me through what he was looking for, and you know, although he would left East Fife before, I think I was, you know, that was for kind of personal reasons and a lot of stuff going on with a young family and that type of thing. He wanted to come back and make amends, and he wanted to help, and that was the big thing for me as well. Uh, and since he's come in, he's you know he's been great. He's a good voice with it with it, with the players. He trains every week. You know, he demands standards and training. Uh, and that's what we wanted, really. We wanted to try and push those standards. So that's what Aggie brought to the table and why I brought him back. Aiden, you know, gives us energy and pace. Uh, he can play in a, two or three different positions, and we felt that that was a no-brainer as well. Paul worked with him at Hearts and knows him you know, really, really well. Um, you know, Pagey, is a guy, I actually covered up with Liam yesterday, as I said to you, like, I, I, feel, I felt that we needed a natural defender. You know, somebody who just wants to take pride in clean sheets, and I think that that's something that him and Paige and Aiden have, have brought in, and I think you see that that's helping the younger guys, um, as well. Um, and I think having Murdo back fit now as well. I mean, Murdo's been unlucky because you know we put Steely at right back. Steely's been playing really well, and I'm I'm wanting to make Newts. You know, I think I had to we had to make a decision on Newts whether you know Newts was going to play in midfield or whether we were going to move him to left back. He's got all the attributes to be a left back. He just hasn't played the position for you know that long. But you know, so we we made the decision to to move Newts into left back, and I think he's you know he's going from strength to strength there. Uh, and as I say, <laughs> you know, I was talking to Murdo last week as well. And he knows the two kids are doing really well, but he's there if needed. You know, I've got the club captain sitting there, a guy that's really experienced. Um, so that's you know great problems for me to have. Um, but I just felt that you know Pagey coming in in the centre of defence as well kind of just helped and and kind of would help Sam and uh, and Steely. Um and and be a good foil for Big Aiden as well. So and I say I knew him as a guy. So you know disappointed to lose Mers. Um you know but that's you know that was kind of on the cards that one and I thought that might happen and I just felt like a, a natural defender, an experienced head. Uh you know would be would be the it's the right fit you know um and that was the most important thing for me in terms of the type of guy he is as well. I wanted to ask you about Mercer because from yeah. a fan's perspective, it, it kind of came out of the blue. Because, like, it's obviously deadline day, you know, we're sitting down, you know, an hour, maybe two hours before the the yeah. window closes, you know, I'm tucking into a salad or whatever it is I'm going to have. 
Um, and then next minute, you know, the, you've that, never that, seen that, a salad. You mean Big Mac, Lee? Yeah, yeah. you mean Big Mac. Yeah. You mean the salad that's Gherkin. on the Big Mac? Yeah, I was going to say the gherkin is, it doesn't, doesn't count as salad, mate. So. Oh, right. That's probably where I've been going wrong, actually. Maybe I need to speak to the, <laughs> the, the, the sports scientist that he's finding and see if I can get a, a better nutritional <laughs> diet. Please. But, um, anyway, fat jokes have been here aside. Um, what, I think that sort of came out of the blue. Um, yeah. And did it come out of the blue for you? No. It's the, entirely the opposite of coming out of the blue for us. So... Um, and I'll just be, you know, honest about it. I'm sure Merce would be as well. So there was contact from Edinburgh City in pre-season uh, for Merce. Uh, they came in for Merce, and there was it was close to a deal being done when Stevie was here uh, for a couple of, for a couple of players coming from Edinburgh City to us, uh, and you know, in exchange for Merce, and it, it, the the deal fell through. And basically at that point, you know, Merce he's a great guy, Merce, and he you know he wasn't pushing to get away or anything like that. That you know at that point, and he was just. You know, and he said that that's fine. You know, he's happy to stay and happy to work. And you know, I think he, you know, he, he did his job. And he, I think, he, you know, I think in the first quarter he was probably our top scorer as well. You know, and he was do, doing really well. Um, we kind of had a feeling that Edinburgh might come back in January. Um, you know, and and kind of ask the question, but and you know, at that point you just kind of say, well, you don't know where you're going to be. You don't know what happened at, at, at that point. So just kind of put it to bed. And if it happens, it happens. Um. Edinburgh did come back in January, um, and basically, you know, we we had a bit of a chat. Uh, there was again, there was a talk of a potential swap deal for our player uh, that fell through. And to be honest, that I kind of thought that was it um, at that point. But to, towards the end of the window, they came and made made an offer for for Merce. and it was one of those where you have to sit down. And as I say, I wouldn't have wanted to lose Merce, um because he's a brilliant guy, he's really good off the park. Um, can play in a number of positions, but at the same time, you kind of have to look at it and say, well, what's the best thing for the, you know, for for the squad? Uh, Mercer on a good wage with us. Edinburgh City offered them a really good deal, and it was a question of, you know, if we let Mercer go, we could maybe bring in one or two others, um, you know, in in, in terms of theirs. So that was a decision I had to make, and you know, I, I I think it's turned out to be the right one. I think it's good for Mercer. I think it was good for us. We've been able to add in a couple. Um, and it's just one of those ones that you you've kind of you know you've you've got to make a you've got to make a decision on it. So um, that was where it came from, Lee. So it wasn't really a surprise to me that they, they came back. Um, it had been kind of chatted about throughout the window. Um, I, I'd be lying if I said we well, a couple of days to go. I thought it was dead, uh, but then it kind of came up again, and I, and I think I just made the decision that it was actually best for all parties that we do this. Uh, and then we, you know, we we go and look to recruit, and that was one of the reasons why I went and got Pagey to, because I thought, you know, we're losing Mers, but if we bring in an experienced defender, I knew I had Murdo to play right back. Um, you know, they are. I was making Newts into a left back, and I think then Pagey, you know, to come in gives us that kind of competition at centre half, and Pagey can play left back and right back as well, so it just covers a number of positions for us. So it, it was really just sitting down, weighing it up, and saying, right, okay, I knew it might not be popular. But sometimes you've got to make these decisions, right? And and hopefully, uh, hopefully it's, it's proven to be the correct one. Yeah, I mean, well, due respect to Mers, we've we've not missed him um, because our form actually since he left has, has been pretty good. And again, it's not a slight on him; it's just no, you know, no, it, it just shows that the call, you know, you you made the right one. So um, we've got to to give you some credit for that. And and like I say, probably a, a bit about Aggie as well because I didn't get to follow up on that question. I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but I feel that since Aggie's come in, the difference we've seen in Fergie is massive. Um, and that could be formational as well, because we're getting to see it. Obviously, Troughton's dropped a bit deeper. Fergie's playing a little bit further up. But he's actually, in a lot of his attributes, very reminiscent of um, the sort of player that 
that Aggie um, was in his, his sort of peak, you know, passable, he could shoot. You know, do you think that there's a chance that Aggie's influence is, is what's potentially helping Fergie? Yeah, I think so. And I hope so. You know, that's why I brought Aggie to the club. He's an experienced guy. He's a good coach. He's been there and done it. Um, you know, and I think, you know, he, him and Paul spend a lot of time talking to the players. You know, we go through video clips and things like that. That's something, something else we do on a kind of Monday that Paul and Aggie do. They look at the game, they maybe clip parts, they sit down and have conversations with players about things that they've done and, you know, and, and kind of... And, go through that, that kind of analytical side of things. I mean, Fergie has kind of, he's really stepped up through as the season's gone on. I think you've seen, you know, it's a good example of of a, a club using the loan system really well with St Johnston. You know, Fergie's had a couple of loans, you know, Cowden Beath and Edinburgh City. The Edinburgh City one didn't really go that well. It was his first loan. It's a bit difficult to get used to part-time, the level, that type of thing, and getting in the team. Um, you know, Cowden Beath played more games, you know, in the loan league where it's a tough level, you know, grafting every week. And then coming here, and he's kind of he's really kicked on, and he's enjoying his football. He gets the freedom to play and get on the ball. And I think, I think, yeah, Aggie's influence. I think Paul helping him. Paul's worked with young players a lot, and I think also Trout's influence on him. The two of them seem to make each other tick, which you see that. That's why I've been playing them to, together, and I don't think Trout's necessarily gets the the credit he deserves for that. And sometimes it's maybe a five yard pass to Fergie. You know, and then he gets to you know gets to drive with the ball or whatever. But they're on a very similar wavelength. And I watch training. You know, Conor McManus again, like very intelligent player. You know, Brogan Walls. You've seen, you know, these guys when they when they get together and training. You know, it's it's really really good to watch. And that's partly, you know, I've got a problem because I'm I, I need to I need to you know pick three of them on a Saturday. And sometimes it's really difficult to do that because of the, the standard they've got in training and the way they play. But yeah, Fergie's kind of kicked on, and I'm really pleased for the kid. And I hope he goes on, kind of keeps doing what he's doing for the rest of the season. And I hope to see him in St Johnston team soon. Um, but he's, yeah, he's doing really well just now. Yeah, because you mentioned uh, previously, like, um, you know, there's a lot of young guys in the team, spoken about a few of them. Um, you know, I suppose for your point of view, is that something that you want to kind of keep doing with the club? Is that kind of an important thing? Obviously, some of them have come through kind of the youth system of the club. Some of them we've brought in uh, maybe from kind of youth systems uh, higher up. Um, and, you know, have, have some of these guys been getting a bit of attention from higher up? So it's a bit of a double-edged sword for his life. You know, you want him to do well, but gets a bit of attention. Yeah. And how, I mean, how far do you think these guys can kind of go in the game? Yeah, I mean, so uh, it probably goes back to when Stevie was here as well. We had to look at it, Gordon, and sit down and say, right, you know, we've just been relegated from, from League One. We've got a squad that are ageing. A lot of them sitting in the treatment table, getting paid really good money. And we didn't have that, you know, the, the, the budget obviously wasn't as strong as what it maybe was in previous years. And we had to make a decision on what, what we did there. And that was obviously, I think it was 14 left. And we decided to go down the youth route because we knew we had some really promising pr promising kids. Um, you know, Jack's obviously came through that. Newt's still there. Brogan, um, that we, we, you know, we brought in. Um, and, and so we kind of knew that we had the nucleus there of some really talented players. When we spoke to St. Johnston about getting, you know, about getting Taylor and, uh, and about getting Fergie in. And then obviously try and add some experience, which has taken us a bit of time to add more experience. It's just harder to get those guys right and uh, to 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 get them in. But yeah, developing the young players is absolutely the way we want to go. Uh, we're our, our current under twenties are actually a really young group. I think there's only one uh, Mackenzie Williamson and, and Matt trains with us quite a bit, uh, and we're obviously watching him. We're looking at potentially putting him out on loan 
uh, for the rest of this season with a view to to kind of bringing him into the first team squad. Um, you know, do pre season with us. There's a number of the the kind of 2003 age group that will look to do pre season with us and probably play in the early kind of cup games um, uh, as well for us. And then uh, we had a meeting last week, um, a couple of weeks ago now with Brady uh, and, and Kev just to sit down and say, okay, what's our kind of treatment plan almost for these guys? What are we going to do with them? How do we get them to where they need to be? Because as I say, some, most of them are 18. You know, they've got another couple of years of under 20s, but if they're comfortable under 20s, we want to make them uncomfortable. You know, we want to put them out on loan. We want to test them so, you know, that they can come in there. Charlie Murray's another good example, just a way out on loan at the moment. Um, you know, but has trained has trained with the first team, and we want to kind of push these guys and keep bringing them and bringing them through. Um, so yeah, definitely keeping going with the youth part and just augment that with a bit of experience in the spine. And I think you know the types of senior pros that we've got. You know, we don't want to sign any arseholes, Gordon. That's not what you know. We don't want that. We want good, honest pros. And I think when you look at you know guys like Trouts and Co, they, they you know they've, they've been there and done that, but they thrive off just enjoying their training, working with kids who want to get better. And we don't want any of the young lads to want to play for his fife. With the greatest of respect, like we want them to want to get a move. And if that happens, do you know what? The chairman will drive them to the next club. Like you know, it's not when we want to be seen as that kind of club where. You know, if if he's like get a bit of money from it, then you know, fantastic. If we're seen as somewhere where you can send a kid on loan and he's going to thrive, great. You know that plus our kids, and as I say, those those experienced ones with good attitudes, you know, who give a hundred percent every week. That's what I think these five fans want to see. It's what I want to see, and you know, and and then we'll try and play football in the right way as well. And hopefully, we're starting to see that. You know, starting to see some of that as well. It won't be like that every week, right? It's League Two, and you know, you're going to be. You know, some weeks you're you're going to be poor like we were at Stranraer the other week. But you know, if we can keep plugging away and keep giving a hundred percent, then hopefully we can see guys like Fergie come do well and move on, and some of our own kids potentially get a move and get a chance to go and test themselves at a, a good level as well. So that's certainly the plan. We'll keep going with that. Um, we're obviously sitting down and looking at the kind of recruitment strategies. A lot of that will be governed on where we finish in the league this season. So a lot of it's up in the air still. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll, that's certainly the, the the model that we're going to try and keep following. I had another question, it's a bit bit of a different tack. Um obviously we beat four for um what last week. And we beat four for I think three out of three. We beat Elgin three out of three. But some teams, yeah. you know, like Stranoir, we sort of struggled against. Do you do you feel that you know there's some teams that maybe we've got their number a wee bit and some teams that have got ours a wee bit? Or do you think that's just kinda a bit of chance and a bit of randomness? Do you know, the chairman asked me that the other day, Gordon. I couldn't answer the question then. Um, so I think it's there's maybe a little bit of that. Um, it's weird. We're actually talking about when we were picking the team for Saturday, we're actually talking about playing Jack. Jack scored against Denny, I think, every time he's played against them this year. And you get like kind of little, like kind of nuances like that in the game. Like I used to score quite a bit against Denny, you know, and it was just weird that you would get maybe certain teams that you would score against. Um, so that I think there are kind of weird things like that. I mean, you look at Elgin, we've had, you know, three good games with Elgin, but beat them three times, um, you know, and then other games where we've been, you know, really unlucky, uh, maybe in certain things. So, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't think there was something there potentially, but I, I kind of take that as a challenge as well. Like, so, you know, for example, it's Stranra, we're going to have to come up with a different way of playing against Stranra. You know, I said it for when we played against the Barton last time that, you know, we went in the first two games and tried to play the Barton at a game of football. And we were arguably probably the better football inside at Bayview and we lost 1 0 because we got picked off. And then we went to, we went to the Barton, we were kind of in the game. At Dumbarton, we made a mistake and we got picked off again. Second half, we probably, you know, we 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 battered them in terms of possession, 
but we got picked off again on, you know, in terms of the break. And so we sat down and said, right, we're going to have to come up with a different way of playing against Dumbarton. And that's why we decided to employ the, the, the kind of counter-attack part as well. So, yeah, there's certainly stuff like that. And that's like one of the things that we do on the kind of Monday, Tuesday, me, Paul and Aggie, we sit down and say, right, where, what are we going to do? How are we going to play? Um, you know, against against the team on Saturday, are we moving to three at the back or are we going to play kind of counter to start with? I mean, I'll give you an example. Like yesterday, um, Saturday, sorry, against Steny, I, I kind of thought all week about, you know, should we go there and start kind of more solidly and then grow into the game against Steny because we kind of struggled against them. And actually, I kind of thought that might be what Gary would expect us to do. Therefore, you know, we finished really strong on the front foot against, against Forfar. So why don't we go quite aggressive again? And so we, you know, we picked the same team again to go quite aggressive in the middle of the park, um, you know, in, in terms of attacking players. And then, you know, you get to the game and 10 minutes before kickoff, the wind dials up and then and you know, and you lose the toss and you find yourself against the wind. So you probably have a kind of first half that wasn't how we expected the game to go at all. You've got to adapt and you know, Flem didn't have much to do, but we deservedly were losing the game at half time. And then the second half was more like what we had envisaged the game being. Um, which was us on the front foot and the wind behind probably helped that. So I think every individual game you need to you need to look at and kind of in, 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 on its own merits. Uh, but there's certainly I think tactical challenges there for us, and you know whether it's picking the right players now and and employing the right system. And I think when we come up against your Stranraers, as I say, Steny, we hadn't really laid a glove on Steny up until Saturday. Um, you know, Annan is another team that we've kind of struggled against as well uh, with the way they play. And, you know, we're going to need to try and counter that. And as I said, we said to the players before the Fawford game, there's 10 games to go, 30 points available. How many can we get? And so we'll treat each of these games as it's kind of one off and we'll employ, a, like, you know, whatever tactics. We've seen everybody now, you know. Um, we've obviously, we still do scouting and that type of thing. We still, you know, use Y Scout and look at them and watch our opponents, but we've seen them all now. Um, so you know kind of roughly what you're going to get and then it's just up to us to say right okay can we can we employ a tactic that's going to work something you said there just made me think of something like a manager can tie themselves in knots thinking like this but how much when you're preparing for a game is it like well the opposition manager is going to think i'm going to do that so then i'm going to try and do this because he's not going to be expecting that but then maybe he's going to think that I'm going to try and do that because he's not <laughs> expecting that. Like, is it easy just to just lose yourself in all that? I think it, it, that's where it's, it's great to have the staff that, that I've got because you can sit down and have a kind of conversation and play a bit of devil's advocate. We used to do that with Stevie as well. We would sit down and kind of, you know, look at it and say, all right, if I was, you know, if I was the opposition manager, what would I be doing? How would that be trying to hurt us? Because I think you've got to analyse your own weaknesses as well, you know, um, and, and have a look from there. So I don't put too much stock in it. It's more about what we do, Michael, but I do like to kind of think about it from what are they going to expect us to do? You know, and there's maybe, maybe things like, for example, they might expect us to come and play forward at the back and yet we're toying with the idea of if we went to three and played two up front, then, you know, we could maybe cause them more problems. So you do it in a view of how how can we hurt them rather than, you know, what are they expecting us to do? But I just think it's, you know, I think it's important to kind of consider some of these aspects sometimes. But in the main, it's more about, you know, what we want to do. How can we how can we kind of play well and, and what do we think is going to be, you know, what do we think is going to win us the game? Since we're talking tactics, I, I just want to throw this in. It's probably not got too much to do with East Fife necessarily, but this is a, a big disagreement I'm having just now with the Whitecaps manager here. But I'd love your <laughs> thoughts on this. Zonal marking against man marking, like as a defender yourself, what, what's your preference? 
do both you feel have their merits? I, I'm I'm I'd be I'm all for my marker, Michael. Go like you know, space doesn't score goals. Um, would be my kind of view on it. Like, don't get me wrong. I think we you know for our set pieces without giving too much away, we have an element of both. We have certain players in certain zones. Um, but they, you know, they, we kind of expect that, and they've all got a specific job to do. Um, but we do have people, you know, man marking. We do have, you know, before the game, you know, when we get, I get the team sheet through from the opposition at kind of one forty-five. As I say, we've already got our set pieces. We've already watched what they've done. So once you get that team sheet through, you know the team that are going to pick, and you know the, you know, you know the numbers. And then what we do is we assign like somebody, to, you know, to a man. So Aaron Steele knows that he's picking up Sean Crichton, um, you know, at a set piece. Um, and, and that type of thing and that's for a level of accountability as well and I'm big on, on that part too I mean like for example Dave Bakey when we played like he did it differently he had some of the smaller guys kind of man marking people but he put me Tweedy and uh, and Johnny Smart across the six yard box um, and it was basically we were tasked to head the thing away and that was our job you know and the other guys Bibby and Cole they would block whether they're marking somebody at six foot five their job was to block them so there's different I mean there's lots of there's different ways to skin a cat right but I'm kind of more of more of an advocate in my marking to be honest and I think that just brings a level of accountability uh, for us as well yeah I, I'm the same I think this might be a Scottish way of viewing the game <laughs> <laughs> Lee we, we got some questions in on the, the social media as well if you want to go through a couple of those yeah, I mean, some of them are utter, utter nonsense. Um, for one example, was about biscuits. That was not nonsense. Yeah, one was about biscuits, but we'll we'll I'm going to change that. that to my the last time was rubbish. I'm going to go Empire Biscuit this time. Oh. Only because my wee girl bought one today and I thought it looked really good. So, yeah, I'm going to go Empire Biscuit. There we go. The, 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 there's a question for Stevco15. Um, the, the other question uh, that he asked you, was would you rather fight one hundred duck sized Johnny Pages or one horse sized Pat Slattery? I love these see, kind of questions. Honestly, Lee, see if you'd give me a million guesses, mate, I would have never have thought of that question. Yeah. Don't get this on other neither. shows. Neither. 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 That's, that's a safe answer. Um we've had a few um and because I said to him, he'd already answered that question. He said, yeah, but there's been a load of new biscuits out since then. So you're giving the people what they want. Okay. Um, one of the questions from from Glenn864 uh, is, do we envisage Pat Slattery getting a testimonial? Obviously, we've seen Kev get one at the end of last year and, and Pat's in, in that, that conversation now where he's quite rightly due one. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like with his service and things, I think he probably is due one as well. It's something I've not really spoke too much about to Pat about or the chairman or anything like that. But yeah, I think it's certainly one that's worth a discussion. He's a, he's been a terrific servant. He's five, you know, and I think that Pat had to be patient for his chance. He'd quite a lot of work stuff kind of on and that type of thing, and maybe just got in his way at certain points. Um, and then also, you know, I probably I maybe picked other players in front of him at different times. But I think probably our resurgence in form started with you know Pat coming in as well, and he did he did really really well, kind of filling in that hole. He was a great foil for Trouts and Fergie, and you know talk about decisions. Uh, I think when when you dropped off, Lee, I was saying that my my week is full of decisions, um, you know, and uh, and oh, sorry, not just mine but Paul's and Aggies and, and, and Lindsay's as well. And for example, Saturday there where we had Conor McManus who's come on and done great. You've had Pat Slattery who then comes back from injury who was basically, you know, I think man of the match for two or three games on the bounce when we won games. And you're thinking, you know, 
do you put either the, them back in or do you stick with the midfield that did really well against 4-4? And these are, you know, tough, these are tough decisions, right? So we, I tend to look at what tactically what do we want to do and then pick the players after that um, as well. But, you know, I think, you know, Pat's right in the mix for, for playing um, and it's great to have him back. He's brilliant around the, around the club, just in terms of just, it's just got a kind of, Dick Campbell used to always talk about natural enthusiasm. Uh, and Pat's just got that, you know, just loves it, just loves training, very positive with the young lads and everything and just gives 100% and, you know, and that's great. And when I talked about, you know, we don't have, we don't have any arseholes, you know, at the club, you know, Pat and Trouts and these kind of guys and Pagey, they're all really good pros and that's what we want, right? So, no, I absolutely think he deserves one and it's one definitely, That's I think that's worth a conversation, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't realise we had had so many questions in Lee, I'm just going through them just now. Well, yeah, a couple of them. And no, nobody said Greg out, I'm astounded. No, not yet. <laughs> yeah, but if we, if we'd done this weeks. about 10 weeks ago, maybe. But We'll, we'll see what happens yeah. after Bonnie next week. I was week. going to say, wait, if we get beaten Saturday, then, like, yeah. <laughs> Here's a question from Robbie Dalrymple. If there's one player that you could bring in, who would it be and why? I Without mean, being accused of tapping the player up. Yeah, I was going to say, I need to be careful answering that, Michael. <laughs> I was going to fob you off with some sort of messy answer or yeah. something like that. To be honest, on that one, I think you know that there's there's players out there that obviously you know I, I like. Whether that means they're affordable for us is a question. Whether that means they're you know they're interested in coming to whatever league we're in is another one. Um, and I, you know, and that, and so you know, I think what we do is we, we've already got a list of players, and, and you know, whether that's League One or, or League Two that we're in. You, you prepare and I think that's one of the things that means Stevie found hard that you know for it was it, things were almost kind of late by the time we came in you're almost late to get started in terms of your recruitment for the summer you start kind of six months in advance I think I mentioned it last time when I was on Louis as well and you know bear in mind we've only had one transfer window you know as, as a management team now uh, myself and Paul and Aggie and Lindsay so um, and we're trying to you know like and we've got kind of lists for for both but at the same time, I'm also conscious that we've got like maybe, you know, we've got a number of guys who are out of contract at the end of the season. And where we finish will will probably directly impact on on, you know, whether they're made an offer or not. So the higher we finish, the you know, that obviously reflects better on the fact that we've got, you know, we've got a good squad. Um and, and you know, we we'll want to keep we we'll want to keep more of the guys. So it's in their own interest to finish high. It's in ours. The higher we finish, the more, you know, the the more money we get, the more sponsorship that Lee and Scott will bring in for us, that type of thing. So it's all kind of tied tied into that, but at the same time, you know, we obviously do have a list of people that we would like to see playing in the black and gold, and you know, um, we've already started talking to talking to some of them. But at this point, it's because there's so many things up in the air, whether they're their own clubs, they don't know if they're getting offers and things. At this point, it's very much kind of just sounding people out, and we haven't done anything concrete there, so we'll keep working on it. I, I mentioned this on the the show last week. Now, obviously. As a club, you want to get promoted. As a manager, you want to get promoted. But you look at League One and there feels a huge gulf between the top eight there, the bottom two, our level. Can we realistically go up and compete in League One next season? So It's a good question, Michael. I've, I've had this challenge in when I was at Stirling. And we were, you know, we were hardly, a bit similar to ourselves this year, we were hardly outside the top four. Maybe for a few weeks of the season, we kind of dropped to like maybe fifth or sixth or something like that. But we were basically in the top four the whole season. And there was people at, you know, at our club at Stirling basically saying, it's too soon for us to get promoted. 
we were in a different situation though. I think we had a lot of guys who we are, you know, guys like Jordan White and Co. and David Weatherston, who we are out of contract and looking to move, you know. And we didn't the young boys that we had, you know, were you know, they weren't they weren't good enough, I would say, to make the step to League One. Um and we had a number of players who probably under contract who weren't good enough and we just couldn't recruit enough to to kind of make us stronger. We're, I don't think we're in that position. I think we have a lot of young lads. You know, Jack signed up for for next year. Brogan signed up for next year. Um, Flem signed up for next year. Um, Shiv signed up for next year. You know, we have a lot of these guys kind of signed up, and I think that they would relish the challenge of going up. So I think that puts us in a slightly different position. Uh, and as I say, we've got a list for for kind of League One and League Two, and hopefully the guys that we've got, you know, are enjoying playing for East Fife as well. So if we did have that, then you know we would be able to keep a lot of the guys as well. Um, but whilst there, there there is a gap, I think what it does then it means that you could look at bringing in maybe you know uh, maybe attracting different players to come to the club, and I think that's always a challenge that I would rather have. You know, I'd want that. To, you know, I'd want to go and test our guys against somebody, you know, in a higher league. And I think any player and things would say that. I'm never going to sit here and dampen people's hopes and uh, and things by saying, no, I think we'd be better staying in League Two for another season. I absolutely want to get there. You know, whether we can or not is, a, you know, a, a, is you know the next eight games are going to tell us that. But in terms of testing yourself, you know, I, I want to test myself at that level uh, again. Uh, and I think the players would too. So, you know, that's obviously the aim. Um, and we'll go and try and do that. But it's a, it is a good question. Go and remind me again. How how did you end up getting promoted again? Who who uh, whose expense was that? Uh, oh, I can't really remember. It was that. Uh, was that it was a while ago, right enough. I, I promised Lee I would never mention it again, so I'm not going to say. Uh, <laughs> I know that was why I brought it up yeah. <laughs> just to see his face. I've, I've said yeah. it before, and I'll say it again. It's like coming in and seeing your best mate in bed with your wife, and it. I apologised for that. <laughs> I know, I know, but Michael, it's not your fault. Which is so easy, you know. Yeah. Well. Um, how attractive is Rachel? No, how attractive? <laughs> You're very attractive, Rachel. Hi. How attractive is East Fife as a a proposition just now for players? Because I I know it's been tough for recruitment. Cross said the same before. You think you've maybe got a deal over the line, and all of a sudden somebody else comes in, and you you get gazumped. Has it been a hard sell? Is it all basically just down to money because of what's happening kind of out with football with folks' finances? There's a lot of that, Michael, I would say. There is a lot of that. I've noticed it more. Convenience and money are two really... I meant like back in the day, you could maybe, you know, you could maybe sell somebody to come, you know, to to the club uh, because they're going to play more uh, or, or that type of thing. And whilst that is still important for some of them, um, you know, one of the things when I spoke to Pagey about coming in, uh, we missed out on Pagey in the summer when we we spoke to him. Um, and then when I spoke to Pagey in January, um, you know, it was a question of when I phoned him and we were talking about money and he was like, you know, pay me what we can, just get me in the door. You know, it was like, it wasn't even a conversation. It was just like he just wanted to come and join the fight. And that's the type of, you know, love that's that. That's what you that want. Easy. Yeah. That is what you want. But, you know, I'd be lying if I said that me and Stevie didn't miss out on players for, you know, for an extra 25 quid or whatever. And that might sound nothing. I think there's this kind of myth that players are all getting 500 quid a week playing a part-time level, right? But they're not. They're not getting that out at all. Um, but, you know, some clubs they maybe are, but they're not getting it hours. And, you know, that, that kind of 25, 50 quid can, can make a difference. And we've noticed a lot of them, like maybe with convenience as well, whether they're from the West. And whilst we train at the Orium and it's a great facility, and as I say, there's no, I've been I've been around obviously in part-time clubs, no part-time club looks after its players better than East Fife. 
Um, and, and, you know, we've got great training facilities and everybody at the club couldn't do enough for you. But at the same time, you know, if that player's going to get 25, 50 quid more from somebody and that's maybe their petrol money, then, you know, for, for travelling, it's hard to compete against that. You know, and and so yeah, it is it is difficult. Um, but as I say, that's what you mean by you don't want to, you don't really want the guys that are, you know, that are pushing for that. Obviously, most all all players negotiate their contracts and they want a fair deal or that type of thing. But it is a it is a challenge for us. Uh, it has been a challenge this year. Um, as, as I think Stevie covered and I've covered kind of previously, hopefully moving forward. And if Lee keeps getting more massive sponsorship deals for us, um, then you know that that will that will you know we'll get back to where, where maybe where we were. But at the same time, that's also driven the fact that we're, we're brought in some really talented young players. And as I say, they're they're doing great for us. And you know there'll be another year's worth of experience under the belt next season as well. I said this to Stevie, and I'll, I'll reiterate this to Lee. Your big task is to get a letting company on board so I can bring over these Canadian players that would love to come over. And <laughs> if we're paying four or 500 a week, which I know not everyone can get paid, that's more than they're making some of them in the Canadian Premier League here, so they would jump at the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't have anybody on that. Enough enough. What's that? <laughs> Gordon said he was going to let them live with him. Oh, awesome. I you know what's going here. Right, done, Gordon. That's fine. I mean, okay. we, like, so I see when every time we come to a window, you know, we get agents, you know, phoning us and things saying like, okay, I've got a guy who's just left, you know, a, a team down south, you know, and if you can put him up, find him a place to stay, get him a job, and uh, you know, and pay him four or five hundred quid a week, then he'll come. And you're like, well, you know, what what world do you live in? Like, that's just that's just not this that's just not reality, you know, for the vast majority of Scottish Scottish clubs. So, you know, the, the, these things always kind of come up, and people laugh about it. But I'm just, yeah, it seems I think there's a lot of kind of myths and of things around recruitment and what mm. players get paid and stuff like that. But you know, ultimately they're they're just trying to do to get a, get a fair deal, um, and, and that's what we try and offer. We try and offer a fair deal, and we try and sell it. And as I say, no no club will look after players better than they do at East Fife. Um, but you still will miss out on some for, you know, whether it's, as I say, finance or convenience. I've had some agents get in touch with me to say, oh, I've got this guy. I've got this a guy that's playing in Serie A and he's a Kosovan international and his agent's like, oh, could you get him in with the Whitecaps? It's like, I, I think you kind of need to yeah. contact the club and not just me. I don't really have much say in that. But yeah, <laughs> agents are like... How do you yeah. find dealing with agents? I know you've got to watch what you say here because you don't want to piss them off. Well, though. honestly, most most of them are all right. You know, most of them are all right. And I think if you have a kind of conversation, I think it's important to kind of build relationships with them as well. And most of them get it, you know, uh, as well. I think, you know, you get the odd one that's just, you know, living in cloud cuckoo land and that type of thing. Um, I'm you're laughing, saying about people messenger, as I said, like, you should see my LinkedIn, Michael, as well. Oh, like, I can you know, imagine. Me from all over the world looking for a trial or just can you just pay for my flights and, you know, and that type of thing. And I can bring my own goals and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, it's crazy, you know. But uh, no, in the main, the agents are, are you know, are, are, I think the ones that, that, that we can t tend to work with. You know, they, they know the script. They know what kind of budget level we're at. They wouldn't be bringing something to us if they didn't think it was possible um, and that type of thing and just try and touch base with them. And some of them obviously represent some of our players as well just now. So it's important to kind of keep those relationships there. A lot of the guys have got agents and, and that type of thing. So, you know, it's it's part and parcel of football, you know. And yeah, as I say, most of them are good guys. I'll rattle through some more questions and you can jump in as well, Lee and Gordon. If you've anything, just jump in. So, Robbie Dalrymple, what's the best goal you've seen from East Fife this season? Yeah, I'm not going to say Jack. 
Um, <laughs> uh, he scored a few that we might. Not, I, my, the ones that I like are more the team goals, Michael. So I like the, I like those ones. Me my too. personal favourite at the moment is probably the goal we scored, probably uh, Fergie's against Dumbarton. Because if you actually look at that goal, Dumbarton were attacking and they were at the byline. And I think it, I, I think it was uh, Steely and maybe Conor McManus and I can't remember who else. There was I think there was two or three of them blocked the cross. And then we, we you know we won the ball back from that and we basically played through and then you know good bit of hold up play for Shep, ball for ball for Steely, good touch for Shep, and then perfectly timed cross and you know Fergie arriving for the middle of the park in the ninetieth minute, you know to then have a really calm finish. So I, I kind of personally like goals like that. But we've scored a few. I mean Murdo's at Elgin was absolutely ridiculous. Mm. I was right behind that and it nearly took the net off. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably say you know it was just a strike. Murdo would probably just shade Jack. For me, but I, I like the kind of team goals as well. Yeah, I'm the same with that. Jack will lynch you for that as well. You know that. <laughs> yeah. We've heard that from Pat as well, but uh, he doesn't like it when he's he's getting a slagging on the. Yeah, actually the... tried to claim the one that um, uh, <laughs> against Forfar um, that Craig Slater oh, yeah. hit his head and flicked in. He was actually trying to claim that lads were giving a bit of stick for it as well. But to be fair, he's crossed <laughs> it into a good area as well. He has scored a few belters, so we might have to give him that. But yeah. yeah. The, the winning goal yesterday I thought was good as well. It was really good movement. and You went from wing to wing and then the little flick at the back post over. I thought that was an excellent goal. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, it could be like, obviously buzzing for Scotty to stick the thing in the net as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but it was a good team goal. You know, Aidan driving across the pitch and, you know, and, and, and linking up. And I think it, I actually thought it was Steely at the time, but I think it might have been Shiv when yeah. I watched about the goal. It was Shiv that crossed it, and again you've got you know you've got a you know we've got a midfielder scored the first goal, and you've got a midfielder in the box to head it across to for Shep, which is great, right? So we've got that that kind of youth and energy and enthusiasm, and again that's probably the advantage as well. I mean, uh, of of having the, that kind of legs and energy that we've got. You know, we might not be the physically biggest team in the world, but we're pretty fast, and and they've got really good energy, the lads, and and we're trying to find a style that kind of you know harnesses that as well. I've never been happier for a player to score a goal than I was for Shep yesterday. I think I've said that on Twitter and I've said it a few times because mm. he puts in so much. And what I like about him is you can see how much he cares. I was down at Annan where he was kicking lumps out of the um, the subs bench and all that sort of stuff. And, I, and do you want to know what? Like some folk might think he's throwing his toys at the pram. I see the exact opposite. Yeah. I see a guy that, that wants to do his yeah. best and, and puts in 100% every week. And it's, what I would say, Lee, is not just on a Saturday. Like he trains like that as well. Like gives a hundred percent, and that's what I've seen from him in training. Just keep putting himself in the position. He's still sticking the thing in the net. Just sometimes you go through these spells like that when on a Saturday he's doing everything right, and it's you know it's getting cleared off the line in ridiculous circumstances, or hitting the woodwork, or keepers pulling off saves. You know, it's just one of those you know one of those things. But to be fair, he's just kept kept grafting, kept his head down. He's not asked for it. He's not you know he doesn't want sympathy or anything like that. He just wants to carry on with his job. And I mean, what you probably don't know is that he got two broken fingers against Forfar after about five minutes of the game, and he played the rest of the game basically with two broken fingers. You know, didn't miss training, trains Tuesday, Thursday, and then rocks up on Saturday again, and, and, and you know, and scores a goal. And it's never mentioned, but you know, he's playing with, he's playing with two broken fingers because Andy Moreau fell on him after five minutes against Forfar. So, you know, that's just the type of the type of lad he is. And as I say, I go back to you think Shep's been around for ages. He's only twenty six, but he's like one of the most experienced guys that we've got in the team. So, you know, delighted for for guys like that with a good attitude as well. You know, that's that, that's the type of guys we want in these five. Talking of broken fingers, we got a tweet from 
Tattooed Hitman, I'm sure he's maybe broken a few in his time, but Owen is his name. He wants to know, what's the toughest challenge in managing a squad? Yeah, good question. Um, I I think it's when you, like, I, I talked about Saturday there where I'm sitting trying to look at, you know, Pat and Conor McManus mm. and who'd been terrific. And Pat, obviously, in terms of the, you know, the games that he played was basically top man for, for you know, for three weeks. And Conor McManus has been training absolutely brilliantly, coming on and looking looking apart. And yet when you've got, you know, when you've got more than 11 who deserve to play, Michael, that's probably the toughest part. But as I say, I tend to focus then on the what's the tactical decision. And, you know, as I say, we've got good honest pros and I think if you know we explain I explain the decisions to them in terms of look I've decided to, to you know to go with this. Some I'll get right or some we'll get right, some will get wrong. You know, and I think it's been big enough to kind of sit there and say, look, I possibly got that one wrong or, you know, I, I went a different way, but it might be you next time. Um, as well and just explain it to them. And because they're good pros, they'll take that right. And I, I kind of referenced this after the post match on Saturday. See as long as they stick together and we keep having that healthy competition. You know, and it might be that they don't get in the starting eleven on Saturday, but they might be on the bench. That still might mean they come on and have a really crucial impact in the game. And then that might, you know, it might be then the other way around, you know, the following week. So we've got to we've got to just stick together uh, for them. So I would say, you know, when there's more than eleven probably deserve to play, that part is probably the, the hardest bit. But at the same time, you know that is the job of a football manager, right? And you know we we and we we've got to do that as a staff and sit down and say, right, okay, this is the way we want to play. This is the tactics that we're going to use. These are the personnel that are going to be charged with, you know, doing that. And the boys know if they don't do it, then you know there's somebody sitting on the bench who's absolutely choking to get on and play. Now I know the answer to this question is you you don't care. Sorry, my dog's just playing around with my microphone on my computer at the moment. Um, the obvious answer is, yeah, you don't care as long as you're in the, the playoffs come the, the end of the season. But if you had to pick, would you prefer to be playing the second bottom team in League One because they look so woefully out of form? Or would you rather have a team that you're familiar with? Yeah, you're right, Mike. I don't care. It's not... Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, I, I think... I've said a few times with Liam on post-match kind of things as well that, you know, and I hope I don't sound too boring on post-match stuff because obviously I've had a bit of time to calm down when I do my interview with Liam or whatever. It's probably like 20 minutes, half an hour after the game as well. So, um, but I try, I, I, like I, I kind of say that as well, you know, I try not to get too down when we've lost the game and I try not to get too kind of, too buoyant when we've when we won a game. I just, like we need to kind of keep ourselves kind of level, keep making the right decisions and just focus kind of week to week um, because, you know, I think you can you can go from being in a comfortable position in this league to you know over the space of a couple of weeks. I think we we mentioned it at the start of the show. You know, you, after a couple you know a couple of poor results, you suddenly got people tweeting Greg out. You know, and and you're under a bit of pressure and stuff like that. So I try not to get too ahead of ourselves or anything like that. You know, the, the the furthest we get ahead of ourselves is in terms of sending scouts to watch people two or three weeks in advance so that we get that report a week ahead of you know playing playing you know Bonnie Rig uh, and that type of thing. Um, so we obviously you have to kind of plan in advance. You have to look at okay, what are you thinking recruitment wise for summer? What does maybe budgets look like? You have to obviously have that side of things where you're look where you're kind of doing future planning. But it's not about oh who would we want in the playoffs and where do we finish? I mean I had this at Sterling when we were, you know, as I say we were in the top four most of the season. But Berwick changed manager and Colin Cameron came in and got a massive bounce at Berwick, and they were right on our tail. And to be fair, we were the form team in the division and they were second in terms of the form and they were right behind us and even going into the last game of the season we were sitting in fourth we had to win the game 
Um, and I think Berwick, who was in Clyde, uh, yeah, Berwick, I think, I can't remember who, who was, it was Clyde, I think, and we jumped over Clyde to finish third, which meant that we were then playing Annan in the first leg of the, the playoff that Lee doesn't like to talk about. Um, and, you know, and and then, you know, that obviously led to, to kind of Clyde playing against East Fife um, and go from there. But we were driven right to the very end to kind of do that. So you didn't really know where you were mm. going to be. Uh, as well so there's so much water to go under the bridge that I think yeah I have to say my answer to that one is I, I don't really care at this point I'm just thinking about Bonnie Rigg so sorry if that's quite boring no, but... that's fine that was a question from Michael Gill yeah here's one for you Greg at the start of the season obviously I know you weren't manager but you, you look at the squad that you've had out of all the players in that squad which players surprised you in a good way obviously what the, for our squad this season yeah Who, who's maybe kicked on a little bit better that you've went, I actually wasn't expecting you to be that good. I've got a couple. Yeah, I'm going to go, go one that you might not know, right? Um, yeah. Or know too much. Reese Beveridge, right, is our young goalie. You know, mm. we're actually really fortunate. We've got Matty Rolo and Reese Beveridge, just two young goalies, right? And obviously we've got Flem, who's really, you know, very experienced. He's great with the young lads. But Reese came in as a kid who, he'd been at Dundee United as a youth. He went, you know, kind of had a short spell in the kind of juniors. And came in, you know, to do a bit of training with us. And see, to be fair, he's, he's just got week to week, you know, even some of the first team boys kind of saying that to us as well. Like, you know, in, in training, you've just seen him really, really progressing. You know, he, he likes the gym, so he's a fit lad. Um, and he's just learning for Lindsay and uh, and, and for Flem and Gal when he was here as well. Uh, and, you know, just really, I've really just seen him mature. And I think you've seen that in his performance at Stenhouse Muir in the Cup. We're obviously just coming in, you know, like kind of almost unexpectedly because of uh, Flem's wife inconveniently decided to have a baby. But um, no, we can. But you know, and he came in, and he did, he did, he did great, you know. And I wouldn't hesitate on putting him in at all. Um, and I think he's really, really done well. Now you won't really see that because you see Flem on a Saturday, but we see him in training and in, in games and whatever. And young Matty Rolo, who's it's been tremendous for the under twenties as well. His distribution is ridiculously good. Um, you know, into uh, you know, like playing out for the back and that type of thing as well. So I think we're in a really fortunate position with the two young keepers that we have backing up Flem. So I'd probably say Reese has, has kicked on. But there's been a number that are you know that I've kind of done well to be honest we obviously we talked about Fergie kind of stepping up you know Brogan you know Brogan started the season like a house on fire and then through no fault of his own got injured Jack there was a question mark about Jack you know could Jack have the temperament you know to uh, and can he can he mature very quickly and can he become a guy that impacts the game regularly rather than just being a guy that comes on for 10-15 minutes and I think Jack's shown that he's, he's, he's working hard he's trying to mature and, and you know and kind of improve his game so you know, there's a, I, I could probably go through all of them, to be honest, Lee, so... Um... I'm, I'm going to say something about Jack Keelan. I want to be really, like, clear when I say this, because I was getting pelters yesterday when Jack got his assist. Because <laughs> I, I mentioned at the show last week that I think we see flashes of real brilliance from Jack. Like, he's he's got such quick feet, um, you know, and, and at the start of the season, I said, I think that he, it's his end product that he needs to work on. And then he started adding goals to his game. And then, like, because I'm a football nerd, that's not new to anyone. Like, I'll go through and I'll have a look at our stats, etc. And I was really surprised to see Jack was on zero assists for the the season. So I called that out last week. Um, he was on zero assists. I'm going to give him the assist that he got last week because it definitely wasn't his goal, but he put the ball in that the, the score don't go Aye. from. I'm not sure that. Then, I'm not sure that's right as a stat, by the way. But carry yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, like the no assists. Yeah, well, at our level, though, I don't know how much they actually properly measure this. 
Well, there's yeah. two different sites had it as that, and I, I, I fact checked it on both. But I, I could be wrong. Oh, anyway, yeah. if somebody wants to prove me wrong, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. pull my I'm sure Jack Healy will. <laughs> yeah, I'll be walking yeah. through, leaving one day, and he'll just chin me. We'll be getting a chap at the door tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I thought he did really, really well yesterday when he hit the byline. And it's not something we see Jack do very often. Is that something that you're, you're, you're hoping to see him like, like coach in him and just taking that that extra maybe touch it a wee bit inside and, and putting it across the six-yard box because I have been critical of us from that this season. I think Liam referenced it in the, the post-match that we scored a lot of goals from outside the box. But yesterday, it was great to see two goals from just in that, that six-yard space. But it was the particularly um, great work from Jack in the first one, hitting the byline and getting the ball across. Yeah. And I think, we, we you know, we spoke to Jack about, and this is one of the things I talk about maturity. So, like, Jack's capable of cutting in and whipping one top corner, right? He's been capable of that, you know. Like he's really kind of well. In fact, when he first came in, he, you know, he's got the trickery and he can go past people. It was the kind of end product. He's shown that he can cut in and hit one. We've been talking to him about going on the outside as well, because I think yeah. as a fullback, if somebody comes up to you and they smoke you down the outside, the next time you're thinking, right, well, I'm going to show you inside. And Jack's yeah. quite happy to go on the inside as well. So he needs that variety in his game. And yeah. to be honest, I had a bit of a pop at, I don't mind kind of saying this as well, and I'm sure the lads wouldn't mind me saying this, at Jack and Shiv and yesterday at half time, because I felt that we, we started the game brightly, but we, we weren't getting on the ball enough or being positive enough in that respect. And when we did, we didn't do enough with it. In fact, so, um, and then, but I thought they had a great reaction in the mm -hmm. second half. Um, you know, Jack was going the inside and outside them, and he keeps asking questions uh, of him. And I think, yeah, did really well to get the assist. And I actually said that to him when he came off. That was a great reaction. That's what we're looking for. But I think we've been talking to him about. I think the important thing for sometimes for for wingers, particularly in League Two, we can't carry any passengers in our team. Lee, we're not good enough to have guys that don't don't do the horrible bit. I keep talking about that. I keep mentioning the horrible bit, right? And keep need to stop saying that. But um, you know that don't do the tracking back and that type of thing. And I think that's what earns you respect from fellow professionals when you do that kind of tracking back part. You know, it's why, for example, like Bobby Lynn, for example, has played for as long as he does because Lenny does both parts. You know, he'll he'll get back and he'll help his fullback and that type of thing. And Jack's been shown that lately, and that's why he's been he's found himself in the team because I can trust him to do that part too, yeah. not just the forward part. We all know he can do that bit, and I think he's really matured. So it's just part of Jack's Jack's journey. Um, you could say the same with, with Chev as well in terms of mixing up, finding out different ways to go, not just you know about running, you know, running in behind. Can he hold it up? Is he, you know, can he can he do the bit where he links, you know, wins a header and links up with Scotty or or whatever it is, or young Aidan Denon? Can he go down the outside or cut in? You know, and I think it's just that kind of evolution of you know for the players just learning and, and, and getting there really. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be a process for them all. And I think there's you know like I think at this level as well there will there will always be things where maybe the quality of the final ball isn't quite there or whatever. But you know, as long as they keep trying and keep putting themselves in those positions, then you know you've I think you've seen a few times already that we've got some you know they've got quality in them too. But we def definitely want to kind of keep getting guys in the six yard box. Um, you know, and, and getting there from midfield as well, uh, and that's you know, and we've, it's something we've we've done better lately. Yeah, and, and like I say, just to finish that point, if Jack Healy does listen, I do love you, Jack. I do think you're a great. Player. Yeah. If I'm wrong about your assist, I'll hold up, uh, my hands up about that. I don't want people thinking that I'm I'm criticising no. them. Yeah. This. It's, it's always just critique. I try to be as, as objective as I can be, and if I'm seeing something, I'll just say it. Um, as Fleming likes to give me abuse every time I, I walk past him at Bayview as well, I'm going to have to start walking the other way when he comes towards me, I think. 
Well, the last player you declared your love for was Ryan Wallace, and that didn't end. I'm a shit judge of character, mate. Yeah. I'm a shit judge of character. <laughs> so we won't keep you for much more, Greg. There's two more th- questions. Now, okay, this one, you don't have to comment on. Just rub your chin if any of these interest you. Grant Easton wants to know if you've got your eye on any of these players for next season. So you don't have to commit verbally. Craig okay. Slater, Ross Forbes, Fash, or Nathan Flanagan? <laughs> All good players, I think. Does Grant want a job as a scout? Is that what <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> uh, I mean, Grant, I, I, like, obviously, I don't know Grant for, for for a while. He's been East Fife fan for, like, you know, for, for a long time. So, no, he's got a good eye for a player as well. There's some talented guys there as well. I'm not going to share any names with you, but, yeah, he's got a good eye for that. <laughs> uh, nice try. Last thing here from our, our co-host, Doug, who couldn't make the show tonight. He wants to know... What made you decide that eight fast claps of encouragement was what you wanted to do for the players and not more and not less? Is it eight? I don't know. Uh, eight, he uh, seems to have been watching you very closely, which I would be a bit concerned by. Eight yeah. seems an awful lot. I don't know how you'd go. Do you know why, do you know why it is, right? It, it, it's because it's fucking freezing, Michael, right? That's what it is, right? And see when you're standing in the dugout, it's all right if you get to run about or it's all right sitting with your big coat on in the stand or, or whatever, right? Or, you know, when you've had four pints of Madri Lee to keep you warm, right? I don't have that in the technical area, right? <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes sometimes it might not even be a bad decision for the ref, but I'm just shouting at him just to get a bit of, you know, get a bit of blood flowing and try and clap my hands and stay a bit warm. So there's a wee bit of that as well. So, yeah, when it's really cold, I'll go for 12 fast claps, tell right. him, um, as well. So I seem to walk off on a Saturday and yeah, I've lost my voice a little bit and absolutely frozen. And it doesn't matter how many layers you wear. I think I'm up to about five now uh, as well, but it's uh, it's because it's Baltic. It was so nice when I was back and it was August because that's the first summer game I've seen in Scotland since I left because I've always been back in the winter. And when I've gone back in the past, I forget how cold it is because we're spoiled here. Like the, the stadium in Vancouver, it's got a roof. So if it's not a nice day, just shut the roof. So it's everything's yeah, indoor or in a nice day. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, honestly, I'm not sure that people really appreciate sometimes how strong the wind can be at Bayview. It's like you know, it can be, it can be really strong, and it's also Baltic. I mean, I remember when Stevie was here earlier in the season, and Stevie used to like to to see like kind of formations written down if we were going to change formation, and there was one game where he was like, you know, write that one down for me. And Paul couldn't write it down because his hands were so cold he couldn't hold the pen. I couldn't do it. And then we said to Stevie, we can't do it our hands or so. And he was the same. And so I actually, for a week, for, for a little while, I had, you know, the wee hand warmers I sometimes take with me to the golf. I had them as well with me, but now I'm just resorting to my eight claps. So, yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep <laughs> Gordon, any, any final questions for you for Greg? Eight clap, McDonald? Uh, I just had one uh, that hasn't, um, you know, answered or not been asked yet. Um, home and away form this season. Because I, I think if oh, you look at yes. me, we are actually top of the league. And if you look home, well, we were bottom a few weeks ago, but I think we've gone up yeah, a wee bit. Well, again, like, do you think, uh, what, what do you going to put that to? Do you know what? It's a good, it's a good question, Gordon. If I had the answer to that, we'd probably be sitting top of the league. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, when I talked about opponents and finding a way to play, I think sometimes we, we maybe have to you maybe have to find a way of playing certain pitches and as well like you know it's very rare you get a cam day view as well um, and we like to we like to try and play 
uh, a little bit and sometimes it's maybe not on for that I think there's a little bit of the opposition coming as well and maybe respecting us it's a massive pitch at Bayview it's really really big and sometimes we get caught in the break because we are trying to be expansive and play and we're trying to get the wide boys on the touch line and we're trying to put crosses in the box and we've been picked off a few times by people kind of playing through us so it's trying to maybe get that balance uh, playing there and again, it's one of these things you come back to. There's sometimes maybe some teams that you don't do great against. I mean, our home form historically has always been really good for East Fife. I think, you know, back in the days when, when I played and then you were maybe getting the other question, why can you not win away from home? Yeah. You know? So it's not a bad trait to have for some of the young lads to be able to go away and, and kind of just, you know, and, and almost disregard their, their surroundings and go and perform. And I'm, I'm delighted we've got that away record. Um, you know, and another good win on Saturday there away from home. And hopefully we can keep chipping away at the home form and kind of get that a little bit better. And I know that's, you know, when you look at, we're not we're not obviously not a massive club and you maybe take, you know, you take a couple of hundred diehards that go to the away games, but, you know, the majority of our fans will see us at Bayview. So you want to put on a show for them and you want to try and win games of football. And, you know, and sometimes that's the, the trade-off as well, it's particularly when I talked about Dumbarton and you're sitting in to play counter-attack. You know, and you know, it, is that necessarily what fans want to play at Bay, see at Bayview? I think East Five supporters want to see the team win first and foremost. So I've got to sometimes make that decision to say what's the the best thing to try and win as the game the game, uh, and go for there. So it, it's a hard thing to be able to answer. Going, I don't, I'm not sure anybody knows. Is it a nervous thing that maybe you know a couple of stray passes and maybe you know maybe you've got a few people on their backs, possibly. Is it a little bit of maybe the size of the pitch and what the opposition are doing? Possibly. Is it a little bit of dealing with the conditions? Possibly. I think it's probably when you add those or maybe those things together. But as I say, we've got a bit of confidence now. We've had some good home home form of late. And if we can, you know, I think we've got four home and four away left. You know, if, if we can go and try and grab as many points as we possibly can, then we'll see if that's good enough for us to get in the top four. Same I don't know if any, that any answer that at all. No, 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 that was a good answer there. <laughs> no. Any final we, we, thoughts we, from you? What was that, sorry? What, what did you say, Gordon? Sorry, I cut you off. I was just going to say, we, we've been talking about this for two years now, and we've not come up with any answers, so... Yeah, that I obviously we're experts. When you find one, let me know. Yeah, I feel like this is a discussion over a pint of mandri in the stadium. Like that's a, It sounds like it's that, that type of chat. Are we sponsored by them now, Lee, or something? It's twice he's no. mentioned them. It's because Greg knows what a great pint it is. Right. And plus Lee plus Lee said if I come on the podcast he'd buy me three. So. Oh awesome. <laughs> That's fine. I'm happy to do that. More than happy. Anytime it means I could just sit and pick your brains about football. Right. So more than happy to do that. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Greg. Really, really appreciate your time and candor. And Lee's got one final question. At the end of every game, Greg, we do a three two one for the team's performance yesterday. You're picking it. 3-2-1 for yesterday. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Nah, I have to. I have to stay impartially. I'm going to. I'm, I know it's boring, right? I know it's boring, but I'm not. I'm, I'm just. Uh, I don't like to single them out. Liam asked me every game. He always. He always picks out a player and says, like, okay, this. You know, this person did really great, and that's. You know, I need to be kind of impartial. I think on some of these things and just say that. I think they all did well, and I. You know, uh, as a squad, I thought we we kind of you know we overcame that. So I'm going to play the really dull, boring manager card and see. You know, I'm not going to single out any individuals, and I'll see if I can get more cliche in as well for you we'll take it one game at a time and you know game of two bingo halves. bingo game of two, and to be fair it was a game of two halves against Denny as well so yeah let's see if we can it, it actually was I wrote that down 
Taylor two halves was in my notes from yesterday. Yeah. Right, very quickly then, before we stop recording, I gave three points Alan Troughton, two points Fergie, and a point to Johnny Page, who I thought was class as well yesterday. So that's for our, our official scorekeeping. So thank you, Greg, for joining us. I think let's just wrap the show up now. We don't really need to talk even too much about the game. So, yeah, thank you, for Greg, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening, getting your questions sent in. You know where you can find us, Glory Days of Gold on Twitter, Glory Days of Gold at gmail.com as well. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the five. Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy, I knew I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more